Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Speakers and Cleats, the podcast. What a day, what a day. We have a lot going on here on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is Thursday, January 11th, also known as Bill Belichick's uh, retirement day, apparently, from the uh, New England Patriots. This is episode 67. Matt Roy, Chuck McAtinick, Don Harris here. We have a lot of things on the rundown. Usually, I've been trying to pare this thing down to like one page, but I got like three pages here worth of stuff. So we're going to start blasting through things and not uh, belabor ourselves or or devolve into chaos as we normally do. <laughs> so uh, Speak for yourself, Matt. <laughs> I, which, and this first subject always ends up doing it. So as people know, we start with our what the uh, episode number reminds us of. This is 67. There's not a lot of good 67s. So I put on one that doesn't really – it's not really a number. But uh, 1967, the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl one, almost uh, what 57 years ago on Monday. It'll be 57 years ago when Chuck's Green Bay Packers beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl one, the first of their two straight Super Max Bowl. Max McGee over San Antonio's own Willie Mitchell, the cornerback for the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Sorry <laughs> to say. And little known fact, little known fact. It was not Super Bowl one. It was the AFL NFL Championship game, and then in Super Bowl two they went back and renamed Super Bowl one. Didn't they come back? Didn't wasn't the reason that they called it the Super Bowl is because college had their bowl games and they wanted the pros to have like the Super Bowl, like the bowl above them all? Wasn't that the name for it? We're already devolving and frothing at the I know. mouth. <laughs> you really want to know? Always, it always does. I'm pretty sure that's what, if it, what it was. You really want to know? It was uh, the commissioner's Chiefs. daughter. Chiefs, that's right. Lamar Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, Chiefs, Lamar Hunt. And he was the one who took the Texans to Kansas City and named them the Chiefs. And his daughter was playing with a Super Bowl in his office while he was on the phone talking about all this. And he said Super Bowl. Ah, I don't believe it. It's true. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, we got a lot going on. So um, I've been just like, looking. good to me. I've just been looking down at my phone and being just – surprised every time I looked down on my phone because first it was Saban out. Then it, or first it was Carroll, Pete Carroll out. And then it was Nick Saban retiring from Bama. And then out of nowhere this morning, I see, oh, Bill Belichick's gone too. So just a little background on before we get into all of them. Obviously, it's three of the greatest coaches of all time, two that have can pretty much stake their claim as the best in their sport. Um, I mean, with some other input from Don Shula and, you know, all the all the rest of the guys. But uh, just real quick, so Belichick stats in New England, 24 seasons as the New England Patriots head coach, six Super Bowl wins, nine Super Bowl appearances. Coach Belichick has eight Super Bowls overall. He won two with the Giants as a defensive coordinator under Bill Parcells. Uh, he was 266 and 121 with the Patriots. He has 302 regular season wins all time, third most among all head coaches. Uh, he ha- is 15 short, I believe, if you count playoff wins behind one only Don Shula. Uh, for Nick Saban, his stats real quick. 
He's 201 and 29 at Alabama. I can't say that without laughing because it's just an obscene winning percentage. I think it's like 87% or something like that. Second most at one school in SEC history, seven national championships, one with LSU, 28 years as a head coach, 11 SEC titles, 19 bowl wins, 292, 71 and one as a college coach overall, sixth all time in FBS wins. And Pete Carroll, although he is a fantastic coach, obviously lesser than the other two. Um, 72 years old. He's 14 years in Seattle. He won a uh, national championship in college, won a Super Bowl with Seattle, 137, 81, and, or 89, and one uh, with the Seahawks and one Super Bowl victory and should have had two, except uh, he doesn't run the ball with Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. And we don't have to talk about that, but just saying, what the hell is going on here, guys? Well, that was all I know just an is an insane week. How, do, how does Russ get a pass on that? He's the one that threw the pick. It's not like the play <laughs> call was to go throw an interception. I'll stand by that for as long as I want. Hey, that's Belichick's coaching, though. If you look back, it's Belichick's greatness. They yep. ran that exact same play in practice, and then Malcolm Butler made the play. But anyway... I can't remember a coaching a week where like it just feels like the end of an era. It feels like we just ended the last twenty five years of of football, and now we're going into a whole new, whole new era now, whole new generation of coaches, whole new generation of football. Like the dynasties are now over. Yeah, I, I guess I don't see it as the end for either Belichick or Carroll. I think they keep coaching uh, for. Early, early, but I mean, by, by end of an era, I mean he's done in New England. He's, yeah. the, the the dynasty That's, is over. Saban, yeah. the dynasty is over now. You have the the Legion of Boom, who they've been trying to recreate in Seattle ever since twenty sixteen. Yeah. That era is now over. It kind of feels like I we're guess, moving on. I guess it was been over for so many weeks now this season in New England that kind of saw this coming. It's to me not quite the shock. I think of the three, Saban's the most shocking. Um, that he would walk away, um, especially after the success that they had even this year. Um, and I, I, I think we talked about this. I don't know. Chuck and I did yesterday, I think. I think the transfer portal and NIL and all that has a lot to do with Nick just saying, ah, you know, I've already, I've already recruited my rear end off to get these and paid these kids to get them to Alabama. And now I got to do it again because they want to, you know, their sophomore year, or their G, you got to re recruit your own kids. I, I think it's just, he'd just be like, you know, if it was the old days, I think he would keep coaching. So I think that's why he's leaving. I don't know about Belichick and, and Kraft and all that. And Carroll obviously wants to keep coaching. It is nostalgic, though, to think about the great Patriots dynasty. Um, and we should reflect on that some. Uh, but I do think he ends up in Atlanta or somewhere else and gets right back at it. Yeah. I mean – what can you say, right? It's all been said. I mean, you're not going to be able to take away everything that the guy's done, especially, you know, in the salary cap era, the salary cap era, to be able to have competitive teams, generally speaking, year in and year out, not the last two years withstanding. It's quite an achievement and remarkable. I don't know that it'll ever be replicated. That you'll be able to ever assemble a crew that they did in New England to have that kind of run, whether it's all Belichick, all Brady, Combination of that, great defenses, team building, yes, 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 check, check, check. It's going to be hard to replicate all that now. I think that when you look at it, I'm surprised at Belichick just because, in my opinion, six Super Bowls buys you a lifetime. You can be the coach until you die. I don't care. Like, if I was the owner, I would be like, you want to be the coach again? Go ahead. Kind of like here in with Pop. Like, Pop's going to be the coach until he doesn't want to be the coach anymore. That's what five championships and a lifetime of winning buys you. And so I'm just kind of shocked that they came to this mutual agreement to get him out of New England because 
if if the old adage is if you listen to the fans, you end up sitting with the fans. And if sound it feels like Bob Kraft is listening to the fans too much just because they've had a couple of losing seasons since Tom Brady left. So I think it's kind of BS that he's gone, unless this is what he actually wants, but we'll never actually know that. Well, you know, with Brady, we found out after the fact that that's what he wanted. I got all these bums around me. I'm looking at what's I'm gonna have next year. I got more in Tampa and I went and won a Super Bowl there. Maybe Belichick saying, I got a bunch of bums here. And Kraft is saying, it's time for a reset with a younger, newer voice. It, <laughs> it could be benef- mutually beneficial to both. But isn't the problem that there's a bunch of bums there because it's Belichick that, who is picking the groceries? Maybe, yeah. Like, he's the he's the one that chooses, makes all the decisions there, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah. I mean, So to you guys, is it... it for Belichick specifically, and this will continue to be talked about until everyone here is dead, but is it more of an indictment on his legacy that he lost when Tom Brady left and that he really didn't win when Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback? Like, if you look even back to when he was in Cleveland, he had one winning season. He got fired uh, by Art Modell when he was 5-11, and 11, and then Art Modell took the team to Baltimore. So is it is it an indictment on Bill Belichick or his legacy that he hasn't won yet, and does he need to go win one in order to continue to say he's the greatest of all time. No, because, I mean, these things are nuanced, right? It's more than just Brady. It always was more than just Brady. you got to give Brady a lot of credit. Like, he was there for all of them. It's just like Tim Duncan. He won five, and some other guys were there for four and three and two and one. So it's more nuanced than that. But, you know, I don't think anything's going to tarnish his legacy. I don't think he goes into the Hall of Fame and everybody's going to go, oh, he could only win with Brady. I mean – when you win that many Super Bowls, you got to tip your cap no matter how it happened. And yeah, of course it's going to happen because you have an elite level quarterback, more than likely if something like this happens. But, you know, it's just, it was the perfect storm for a lot of years. And the way they were able to do it, I mean, again, hats off. I, I just can't see his legacy being any less than if he doesn't go and win somewhere else. I mean, Jimmy Johnson never won anywhere else after he got out of Dallas. So, you know. Did he, he, did he have to go like win somewhere years, else without Jerry in order to prove his greatness? Apparently not. So, nobody, you know. nobody wins without great players, and normally great players don't win without an entire organization or a coaching staff Amen. that are great. Na- like, name me a coach in any sport who ever won with like no Hall of Famers on their team. Like, Phil Jackson won in Chicago. Oh, did he win better because he won without Michael Jordan? No, he had Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> like, Pop won with Tim Duncan is not winning now. But Pop will be the first one to tell you no one wins with without Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony or players like that. I, I've, we've, I've talked about this for years with my brother-in-law who was a head coach in the NBA for many, many years. And he's like, could have him, Alvin Gentry, could he have won? That many titles with Tim, Tony, and Manu? Maybe a couple, maybe one. But he also says it took Pop's personality kind of as a psychologist with those egos to bring them all together. Pop had something special. Belichick obviously has something special. You ask me, the guys who I think are the greatest coaches of all time, guys like George Carl, Larry Brown, Dick Mata, guys who won close to championships – but never had the studs. Jerry, oh, I was going to say Jerry Sloan, but he he obviously had two studs. He, yeah, he had he had two studs, a Hall of Famers. Yeah, but do less with more. I have a lot of admiration for a guy like George Carl, who 
who had George Carl had some of these teams, Kobe and Shaq and all that kind of stuff. Eric Spolstra, right now. I mean, I mean, Eric yeah. Spolstra. Yeah, he's doing it without LeBron and Bosh and and yeah. And he did. I mean, they went to the finals a couple of times, right? All right. So let me ask you guys this: Would you have fired Bill, or would you have mutually parted ways with Bill here if after he all? To. After all that he's done? No, just not with what he did. Like, let's assume that this isn't just Bill's doing. This is like them coming to a mutual agreement. Would you have tried to keep Bill or would you have let him go like they did today? I wouldn't have fired him. If Bill Belichick wanted to be in New England and I was Robert Kraft, he'd be in New England. Chuck? I don't know. Again, it's hard for me to know without knowing the dynamic inside the room if I would have done this or done that. I mean, the league is changing, right? You got these guys that are math guys and you know these brainiacs that are running teams and offenses and doing all that. And if that's the way the league is going because that's the way the math is saying that that's what it should do. And if Coach Belichick's not doing that enough to somebody's liking with this league evolving the way that it is, then, you know, maybe it's time to move on. You know, I don't know. I, I don't – on the surface, no, because obviously you would think that if anybody's earned the right to have a couple of bad years, it's certainly Bill Belichick. But, you know, I, I don't have any doubt that, you know, somebody else is going to see what – the Patriots once saw in him, and, and they'll give him another job. Well, for me, it's really similar to here in San Antonio with Pop. It's like you have so many great winning seasons. You try and reinvent yourself after the after the big three leave, and you do for a little while, and then it all kind of falls apart. And so we and we've seen it fall apart. Now it's still apart <laughs> with the Spurs. Yeah. Um, but they gave Pop an extension because one, the NBA doesn't get as much draw as the NFL. I mean, nothing does. And so you're kind of living under the radar. One, two, we live in San Antonio, I think, so it's like less obvious what they're doing. But three, it's like it's just a different dynamic. For some reason, Bob Kraft in the NFL has less patience than people in the NBA do. I feel like coaches in the NBA get a lot more leeway. They get a lot more runway to make something happen than they do in the NFL. I, I, I don't know about that. I mean – if if Monty Williams wasn't in year one of a $75 million deal and Pop wasn't Pop, and also in year one of seven, $16 million a year for the next five, any other, anybody else that starts off zero and 30 or whatever, I've lived it with my brother-in-law seeing it. You know, you should start off when he was in the New Orleans Pelicans. You start off five and 20. There's one game where you don't get on the plane on the tarmac, they let you know, and you fly commercial, and the rest of the team goes back to New Orleans or whatever. And so I don't think there's a lot of patience in the NBA either. I do think Pop and Monty have both with owners who are better than some of the others in regards to being patient. And in the regards, like, like I'm with you, like Pop, Pop gets to do what he wants. Yeah, and he's, he's earned that right. Just like Bill should, in, in my opinion. Yeah, in I my agree. opinion, Bill and Bill and Pop are very symmetrical. And like, you won so many Super Bowls, you won so many championships. I agree. You've earned yourself a, to do what you want to do. Agreed. You've earned to get to shop for the groceries and institute them how you want. And so at this point, it's like when you see Bill not with the Patriots, and whether he's with the Chargers wearing a cutoff on in the in SoFi, or whether he's in the in, in Atlanta in the Mercedes Benz Superdome or whatever it is, it's just like. How did we get to this place where we're so impatient to win that we're letting go greatest coaches of all time just in order to try and get a couple of wins in a season? Well, you're making the assumption that Belichick didn't want out. Correct. I, 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 I am. I am a, I'm going with the exact opposite. 
I don't think Belichick's out of New England unless he wants to be. And I think he wanted to be. Okay. Yeah, those are fair arguments. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a tough sled, right? Because you don't you know, when is when do you get rid of somebody that if if you're not making any progress and if you've got a fan base to answer to that's buying tickets and t-shirts and everything else, I mean it's it's a slippery slope. So, you know, for all the times that we sit there and say, well, maybe it's too late on one guy and then too quick with another guy. I mean, again, it's it's hard to know unless you're inside the room and know all the dynamics because I'm sure there are forces at play here that we know nothing about True. that has moved us to this point. And all the right. teams are in different situations, right? So Spurs have Wimby. So that's a lot different than New England. You know, they don't have that franchise guy that's there that they're just kind of like Patrick Mahomes or something that's going to – Take them to another place. So let me, let me ask you this then: If we did, if the Spurs didn't have Wemby, I think Pop would have left. You think you'd be gone already? Yeah, I think that's I think pretty fair would, to I say. Think, I think last year that was my take all of last year. He's waiting to see if they win the lottery. If they win the lottery, he's coming back. Okay. Uh, let's... And Monty Williams getting thirteen million dollars a year didn't help because <laughs> <laughs> he, he had to become immediately become the highest paid coach in the NBA. So they gave him sixteen million dollars a year and a new five year extension. And Pop has joked about it. Why do you keep coaching? He says, the money. That's only half oh, that's only a little bit of a joke. On that subject of oh, co- yeah. on that subject of coaching uh coaching money, did you see what this, the Heat did for uh, Eric Spolstra the other day? Yeah. They gave him his contract once his divorce finalized. Yeah, yeah but sure I still think that she's so, still gonna have a claim but isn't, for but isn't that so that awesome? money though. Isn't I mean, that it, just awesome? Like that's shrewd. just I mean it's it's, me- it's messed up, but it's it it's, but it's yeah. still like it's so funny. Like that, they actually that he waited that long to do it, um, <laughs> and he gets like a ten year, hundred twenty million dollar contract, and he's like, "Well, divorce is done. All right, now I'll sign it." He's got a good attorney, probably <laughs> somewhere. All right, let's. Uh, who replaces these guys? So, who, if you were Bob Kraft now, let's talk him first before we get to Saban. Um, I'm not really going to talk about Carol too much because I think that it's a little bit less uh, important here. Who replaces Bill and? Second, can you imagine a worse job than replacing Bill Belichick and Nick Saban? Like, I wouldn't want either of them. No, you're probably going to have to go get a young coach that's, you know, dynamic. He's, you know, the offensive guru somewhere else. Somebody where you know this is probably a long-term thing at this point. I mean, if there's no Belichick, then there's no problem with, you know, kind of nuking this roster a little bit and starting over. I mean, they're wretched on offense. Really hard to watch. They got a lot of problems, but you know, I would imagine they're in pretty decent shape, salary cap wise. Their defense looks good too. So, you know, I, I would think it would be somebody younger, and maybe not somebody so much with a resume at this point that you kind of have to make a clean break. And it may not be fair to, you know, a veteran coach to come in and have to deal with all that Bill Belichick stuff. Done. I think I saw this morning that Gerard Mayo was like. Plus one hundred, and then within an hour, it went to minus seven hundred. They've been grooming him for a while. So like he he's been he's gone on other. We don't. He's yeah. gone on other uh, coaching um, vacancy hires. He's gone on other interviews, and he's never really gotten the job. But then he keeps always coming back to New England. It so. looks like I mean, Vegas doesn't go from plus one hundred to minus seven hundred unless somebody's been tipped off. Well, I feel like it it's reminds gonna... me of Frank Harris's injury right that night at the Frisco Bowl. <laughs> Right as soon as we got off air, too. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be – it's either going to be really in the Belichick tree or it's going to be completely 180 degrees the other way. Like, it's going to be a Gerard Mayo. It's going to be a Mike Vrabel. It's going to be a Josh McDaniels or 
I, I hope he doesn't get another job, but just whatever. Uh, it's going to be someone like that or Bill O'Brien or something, uh, or it's going to be like 180 degrees where you get like a Kyle Shanahan type or a Bobby Slowick or whatever. Um, and then where do you want where do you want Bill to go is one question. Where do you think Bill will go is the other question. I I think he's going to Atlanta. Okay, where do you, uh, where do you want him to go? Well, where do, where would, what would be interesting? Where would where would it be Dallas, interesting to go? <laughs> if the Cowboys lose, would we would Sunday? we be up in Dallas every week? <laughs> if Bill was there. No, no. we're already up there say? once a week. You're right. Gonna You're say? right. He's going to say. Uh, yeah i mean to me just as a reporter i mean i've been to enough super bowls and ironically enough it seems like everyone i've been to so has he yeah you know he's earned the right obviously i was just showing up but not like we're going to be overwhelmed by having to deal with that daily if you're the local press or even the national media i just i mean wherever he ends up I don't know. Is that team going to have any fun? I mean, what's that roster going to think if he shows up? I mean, I remember being at that Super Bowl, the last one that they were at. I'm trying to think of which one it was. But, you know, we were getting players to do bits for us, you know, go around, interview your teammate and sing or whatever. And and a couple of those guys alluded to, I don't know if the coach is going to like this, but like seriously, they weren't worried about what was going to happen if they did it. They were worried. They weren't worried at all. It was, but I was surprised that they were throwing that out there. And then to hear, you know, opposing players talk about, like, I went to one Super Bowl, one player's like, yeah, we're glad the Patriots aren't here just because it's like the, they're no fun. Well, yeah. So you also had, like, I think to that point, there has been 24 uh, Super Bowls and 24 national championships since uh, Coach Belichick took over in New England. Either him or Saban has been in the title game 22 of those 48. Unbelievable. Like it's forty six percent of the time you're crazy. getting one of those old men, and like, they were on the same staff at Cleveland. How yes. did that team suck? Right? right. I mean, again, it goes back to players too. At some point, for me, I want to see him go anywhere but the AFC West, um, and I think he'll end up in the with either the Commanders or the Chargers. Those are the two. Those are the two. It's kind of like here's the team. Go do what you got to do. Uh, at that point, so um, plus, who doesn't want to coach Justin Herbert uh, for Saban? The odds are right now, Kalen DeBoer. Um, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Dan Mike, Lanning. Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell from Florida State. Uh, Danny Lanning announced he's staying in Oregon. He did again? Yeah, he no. did. This morning? He did this morning. Or he did after he left Tuscaloosa. Um, he left Tuscaloosa? He was in yeah. Tuscaloosa. Visiting, when did this visiting. happen? Today? Last night. Last night? I think he stayed over. Did stayed he interview? Overnight. Yeah, he interviewed for the job. Allegedly. Wow. But then he he announced on his way back that he put apparently he pushed his meeting don't have to get into it but he pushed his meeting two hours his player meeting two hours later and then when he walked in he announced he was staying and then they put out a video and all that stuff they get him more money I don't know probably um, but anyway so or Sark or Lane Kiffin are the top ones Mike Norvell Kalen DeBoer Lane Kiffin or uh, Steve Sarkeesian are the top ones in my opinion now that Quinn Ewers has announced that he's staying at Texas that tells me that Sark is also staying at Texas True. because that's one question that if I was Quinn Ewers I would walk in and be like are you staying or are you leaving and if he was to if and if it comes out that Sark says he's staying and then he goes to Alabama all fucking hell would Texas is a better job right now than Alabama because no, it's not because you're not replacing Nick Saban okay that's fair that's 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 fair. I, overall, the job is not as like good as Washington. Yeah, Caleb DeBoer, Washington's not a good job. Even though they just played a national championship, it's not as good a job 
as Alabama, but Texas is going into the SEC and they're Texas. I wouldn't want to be the coach that that follows Nick Saban. Like I don't no. care. I don't care what you pay me. I'm not following Nick Saban. Like if I was Kalen DeBoer, I'd stay there for three more years, rely on the coach of Alabama, then getting fired in three years, and then I'd come in. <laughs> well played. Like I don't know. You know, I was looking at all this stuff yesterday, and I think every coach in America was associated with that Alabama job for at least a second. Oh, for sure. Yesterday. But I know Don and I were talking about this. It's like, didn't we just get over? Because when Sark's name came up, like Aggie fans and then the whole country going crazy that, you know, Jimbo Fisher was in the same spot, went nine and one. And the illusion was, whether it was real or imagined, was that he was going to go to LSU. So they gave him this humongous contract with a humongous buyout. So, you know, to me, if one of these coaches wants to leave, to think that they're going to get a better deal where they're at. I say if I'm the athletic director, it's like if you're already leaving a good program to go to a place like Alabama, I would say don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Go get – there's a dozens of other coaches that could do that job equally or better. Don't get yourself in the same situation where you might have to pay somebody three years later $75 million to walk out the door. I mean, we just went through this, and then now all of a sudden it's okay, we're going to, we're going to repeat the cycle and do it again. Uh, I mean, some that, of this stuff. Nobody is, has Jimbo's buyout in that right? in that same right. vein. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's, but they were putting out all the buyouts for all these head coaches, and they put out a whole list of like seven head coaches and their buyouts. All of them together didn't equal what Jimbo's equals. <laughs> like Sarks in Texas is like five million. Yeah. I mean, again, Jimbo's a good coach. I've seen his name flashed at you know Alabama not, too. Not I mean, it's not like he can't dollars. coach. I'm just saying. Well, of course, but that's. That's my point. Yeah. What you think of Sark today, in three years from now, you might be thinking just the opposite if you're somebody on that board at Texas. But there's something like that where it's like strike while the iron's hot, especially if you're Sark or Alabama. You want to strike while Sark is a hot name. Of course. And you... That's exactly what Jimbo did. Exactly. So let's not repeat the same <laughs> thing. But you know somebody will, so that's just the way it is. I think it's going to be Lane Kiffin. I think that Lane has Lane's been rumored to go to a lot of places. Alabama is the place that I think he could. He is his pinnacle. Uh, nobody has failed or has done a more backwards career than Lane Kiffin, starting out at, and and failing in the NFL and then going to big programs and failing there and then having to go all the way down to FAU and build himself back up. Um, I think this is his pinnacle. I think if he goes to there like uh, like Nick Saban did, he would be there yeah, for and he's 15, done a 20 years. Fantastic job. I mean, who would argue with the job that he's done at Ole Miss? Oh, absolutely. I mean, turn I mean they've got a bunch of dogs on that team. But absolutely. the reason I don't, I don't like that pick is because Greg Byrne has proven to do – the surprise move, like, like he hired Nate Oates for that basketball job, and Nate did a great job going taking them to the tournament last year, and it's turned around the Alabama basketball program. And he came out of nowhere. I forget where he's from, like Sioux Falls State. Nate Oates, yeah, Buffalo. He came from Buffalo. I mean, what's Buffalo in college basketball, right? So, he and he's done a great job. They they've had some controversy. Remember that top three pick they had with the gun issue and all that. But yeah, he, went out, he went out and got players. And uh, so I would be surprised if Kalen DeBoer is kind of that guy, you know, at Sioux Falls State. I love Kalen DeBoer. And he kind of worked his way to Washington. Yeah, he's just a good coach. But he's a, he's a longtime D3, D2 guy. That kind of, to me, looks like something Greg, uh, Greg Byrne would do. Or, you know, the guy that we're not thinking of that's won six national championships in Division Two or something. You know. uh, so we mentioned Sark and we mentioned Quinn Ewers. He announced today he's staying at Texas. There's a lot of like trickle down effect with him staying at Texas, though. It's like one, what does that mean for Arch Manning? Is the question on everybody's mind. 
And Don, you pointed something out to me uh, while we were sitting in the other room about how you think this went down. Obviously, none of us have inside knowledge of how this all went down, but it wouldn't. But what you said kind of makes sense. So why don't you just play, play, play that out for me? So if you know, if you're Sark and you know that Quinn's got this decision to make, and Quinn too. Let, I mean, I'll be fair to Quinn too. Everything revolves around Arch Manning. So if you're Sark and you're paying this kid who's not playing three point two million dollars a year in NIL money, you go to the Manning family and you go to Arch and you say, I need to know what you feel if Quinn comes back. Do you transfer? Because I don't want to lose you. Or do you are you cool learning another year and competing for the job and give you a fair chance 50-50 at the job? And if Arch Manning tells you, I'm not transferring, I'm in, then you go to Quinn and you say, I want you to stay. But if Arch says, yeah, I want to play, then you go to Quinn and say, it's time for you to go pro. I think the most interesting – when I, and that makes a lot of sense. However, the interesting part of this is this is really smart for Quinn because uh, this quarterback cl- class is absolutely loaded. Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Chase uh, – or uh, Caleb Williams. I mean, it, the list goes on and on of, of guys. J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, all those guys. Jordan Travis even with his injured leg. Uh, and so it makes sense for him to come back. It makes sense for him to come back to college football. I don't think it makes sense for him to stay at Texas because of the Arch Manning of it all. If you have three bad games, two bad games, a bad game, a bad half, they're going to boo you off the field. And you have Arch waiting in the wings. How does that make you any better? Well, I'll say this. If Arch Manning was better than Quinn Ewers right now, Arch Manning would be playing. End of story. That's fair. But, uh, but that's, you're, that's all I'll say you're about just gonna, all that. You're just continuing to have that buzz around you, though. Like You're going to continue to have the Arch manning buzz even though they're apparently great friends and they room together and all that stuff you're going to continue to have all the buzz right behind you as you are trying to fend off the jackals that are sitting i'm sure i'm sure quinn's making pretty damn good money as a college kid we saw him in a commercial that's right and it's like like they're (laughs) both learning from sark right right who had tua and uh jalen hurts right right and and yeah, he's getting coached up. They're both going to be pros. And you're a quarterback. You're going to deal with this kind of stuff the rest of your entire life as long as you're playing football. It, I mean, just, seems, it, it just seems like a recipe for disaster to have both of them there another year. Uh, it's just good for the program. I mean, you obviously, like, they had three quarterbacks, obviously, last year. Yeah, Malik Murphy got a dodge. I'm going to Duke. Um, all right, let's move on. Already- I'll, I'll say this, though. Arch Manning is better than Quinn Ewers, and the reason he wasn't playing was because he – he didn't master the offense as much. Mm-hmm. But with another spring and another fall, I would expect Arch Manning to beat him out, quite honestly. I do too. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what the part I don't get for Quinn Ewers is like you have there's a very real chance that even if the even if Arch is like this much worse than you, he still gets the job over you. And then you're at this horrible position where you're backing up Arch and then your draft stock plummets instead of rises. So that's that's the point that I'm trying to make here is that it doesn't make much sense for him to come back. Um Come back to Texas. He should come back to college football. But all right, so uh, let's move on to some basketball. Victor Wembanyama uh, once again proved why he's the French phenom last night. Uh, triple double in just twenty minutes. I think it was twenty or twenty one minutes on the stat sheet, but I think it was twenty minutes and like thirty seven seconds or something like that in playing time that he got. Uh, he's the second youngest to have a double-digit points, rebounds, and assists in 20 minutes since Russell Westbrook in 2014. He's the youngest player in the league to have a triple-double without a turnover, a stat that didn't start being recorded until 77-78. 
They beat the Pistons. <laughs> like, good for them. Uh, they, they, won, they won the game. Uh, I don't think beating the Pistons is anything to celebrate because the Pistons are clearly the worst team in the league and the worst team I've ever seen. No, well, you may not want to celebrate that, but it's better than the opposite of how did you lose to those oh, guys. Oh, no, absolutely. So, I, I agree with yeah, that, but I'm I mean, just saying like I'm with you. I mean, there's probably – look, I get everybody looking for a silver lining, and it is. It was great. He played great last night, and they beat the crap out of the worst team in the NBA who really looked the part last night. So, you know – it was it was an you know he's amazing around the basket and he shot the ball great yesterday and rebounded and his passing was what kind of caught my eye last yeah. night more than anything right so i think he yeah great i mean glad they stopped the five game losing streak that's what i'm with you that was the most exciting thing about the night to me not a player having a triple double that but was it, exciting. still his performances have been amazing well uh, to me the bigger picture that last night was they're kind of figuring it out in that he's the best guy on the floor, revolve everything around him, cut, back pick. He's better at finding any – he's the best point guard on the team. When he has the ball in his hands, good things happen. And it's been very stubborn to watch Devin, especially Devin and his horrible shot selection. Jeremy. And Jeremy just think they're Batman instead of Wimby's Batman. And last night with the ball in his hand, he created so much for other people. And I think they're starting to get that. Does he have the best arm in Texas, too, with that nice. long, long pass that he had? Uh, to your point, though, with Batman being Batman, and obviously Wemby is that, should they bring in Robin? And Robin to say DeJounte Murray apparently is on the market, and there's exploratory interest from the Spurs to try and go out and bring back the guy that I think a lot of us liked seeing in the in the uh, the black and silver before he left. Yeah, I don't know the whole backstory of the trade, but you know, it was told to me they were doing everything they could to showcase DeJounte before they traded him. And then they got what they wanted, that's for sure. I mean, fleeced I think you said them. it right. <laughs> they fleeced them I mean, so, yeah, on to, that deal. To that point, a 2023 first-round pick that was top 16 protected, so that pushes to 2024 now. I think it's unprotected in 2024. They got a 2025, 2027 first-round picks from the Hawks. They also got a 2026 pick swap. So, yeah, hell of a trade. Um, I think you pick up the phone knowing Atlanta's that bad at doing trades just to see what you could get. <laughs> With DeJounte, what they would want. Yeah, maybe you get another CD. number one pick. Yeah, trade him CD Sissoko. <laughs> but, but uh, look, I don't think the Spurs want any part of DeJounte Murray. Really? I, I think I think there's a reason he's gone. I think he was incredibly immature. I think, you know, he was another one of those guys that thinks he's the Batman instead of Robin and would be hard-pushed, pressed to be put into a Robin situation. Like, like if DeJounte Murray was – a good teammate. Why do they want him out in Atlanta so fast again? Well, is there something that you – so you wouldn't want to team him up with, let's say, just say Devin Vassell and Wemby and have that be the big three of the future? I, I, well, if it know, doesn't look, work for I'm Trey, biased. why is it going to work here? I'm biased, and I have a, a hard, strong opinion about DeJounte Murray as a person and not as a player. I think there's the last thing I would do would want to ruin Wemby by having him be around DeJounte Murray. All right. Well, I can't say it any stronger than that. Well, uh, I wouldn't go that far. But, <laughs> you know, because I think, you know, he wants to be an alpha dog. And I think there's qualities about him that you like, that you want guys to be that or to, you know, be the leader, whether that's real or imagined. But, yeah, I mean, it hasn't worked out wherever he's been to this point. All right. Let's get some wild card weekend predictions. 
Uh, we're going to go 15, 15 seconds or less wow. on, all, on all the predictions. So we're going to try and get out of here. I know you got an interview to go do, Chuck. So, Browns at Texans. Browns are favored by two points. The over-under is 44.5. Chuck, who wins? Texans win, so they cover. Texans win, so they cover. All right. Texans straight up. Texans straight up. I am also taking the Texans, which means good congratulations to the Browns on uh, moving on. Uh, Dolphins at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by four and a half. That line just keeps on moving up. It will be negative five degrees, allegedly, and there will be a minus 15 wind chill. So, Don, we'll start with you. Never seen a dolphin in the snow. Give me the Chiefs. I'll say Chiefs win, but don't cover. A-Chan has a huge day on the ice. I will say the Chiefs win and cover. The Dolphins don't have anybody on defense anymore. Everyone's hurt, and uh, I don't see any way that they stop the Chiefs or that the offense gets going in the cold. So, uh, Bills or Steelers at Bills. Minus 10 is the line now once T.J. Watt was ruled out. Chuck, starting with you. Bills, and they don't cover. Bills win, don't cover. I second that. It's too big of a line in the NFL. Bills win and win by 21, in my opinion. Uh, Packers at Cowboys. The line has shifted around a little bit. It was started at 7. It went up to 7.5 today. It is at 7 again in favor of the Cowboys. Over-under is at 50 and a half. I'll just start this one. I will take the Packers to cover, not to win. I will take the Cowboys to win, but I think it will be close. I'll take the Cowboys and they will cover. Cowboys win by yeah, you 10. Said, I think you said two touchdowns or 10, 10 points. Or yeah. Yeah, I'm with Don. You're with Don? Two score games. So everybody on the Cowboys, I'm on the I'm on the underdog to cover. All right. Uh Rams at Lions. Lions are favored by three. That one's also been bouncing around a little bit. What's three and a half, three, whatever it is. Uh Chuck, starting with you. I'm gonna go with the Rams upset All right. Detroit. All right, Rams. I, I want Detroit to win. I just the Rams coming in hot. Don. Lions, and they cover. I like the Lions. I'm all in on the Lions. All right, I'm on the Rams as well. I'll take the plus three. Give me the little candy, as uh, as uh, Scott Van Pelt would say. You guys owe me one, too. You know, I was I, well, I was, I, you guys were both Washington. I was going to say, actually, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, that we're just never going to talk about that again. Okay. I don't know. Dude, we're spitballing I've here. Been, I've been wrong once. And hopefully nobody's keeping score at home. I've been wrong before. <laughs> I'll be wrong again. But oh, we're never going oh, yeah. yeah. to acknowledge it ever again. No, all right. That's right. <laughs> all right. Eagles at... Bucks. Eagles are now favored by three. That line continues to go up, yeah. which might mean Baker Mayfield injury a little bit worse than we think. I don't know. But Eagles at Bucks uh, minus three is the line in favor of the Eagles. I'll take the Bucks. Yeah, I will too. I'll I take mean, the this Bucks to, to me of all the games is the easiest one to call. I think the Bucks win in a landslide. Really? At home with their defense? Yeah, give me yeah, that. Yeah, and the Eagles are in a free fall. The Eagle, yeah, this is the. Here's a question. Do you think that Nick Sirianni gets fired if they lose this game? I hope not because, again, it's they've been decimated. No. There are things going bad. Maybe got a couple bad eggs in the locker room. I mean, hasn't Nick Sirianni earned the right coming off a Super Bowl a season I, ago? I would right? like to think so, but I saw a little bit earlier this, this uh, morning, and it might be because um, it, it was either last night or this morning from Josina Anderson. Josina said uh, that there's eight head coaching openings right now, and – Barring some uh, playoff outcomes, it might be upwards of ten. So Sirianni would be one of them, I would think. Oh, I don't know I don't who know. else. I don't know who else on this list would get fired besides Sirianni. Maybe, maybe Tomlin. No if, way. Tomlin. Maybe maybe Todd Bowles. I don't know. What about the Cowboys coach? I mean, yeah, that would be the other one. Maybe Sean. Maybe Sean McDermott. If they lose outright to the Steelers, Sean McDermott's out. I don't know, but. 
that that's one of the ones that would make sense. So, all right. So I look forward to being wrong, uh, and we will talk to everyone on Thursday. That's all we got for you on the Sneakers of Cleats podcast. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe. Give us five-star rating. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Program note, we will not be back on Monday. Happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody. It's a company-wide holiday for us, so we will not be back. And we have the MLK March, which Luis is going to be spearheading. So he will not be able to sit in the big chair over there and uh, tell me when we're going over on time, which we are right now. So uh, a little bit of an extended version next Thursday. We'll recap everything, and we will be back then. Until then, have a good weekend. Go Cowboys. We'll see you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.